You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Keep on praying, even when it appears God doesn't care or He's not hearing our prayers. If you are a child of God, unless there's some reason, sin in your life, something you need to get right with God, if you're a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ, every time you open your mouth in prayer, God hears. Purpose in prayer goes beyond just getting an answer from God. And we need to know this. Through prayer, we find peace in the most difficult of circumstances. Sometimes it can feel like your prayers simply bounce around the room and then fall on the ground unheard. It's hard to understand God and His timing, His purpose, and perspective when it comes to answering your prayers. Today, Pastor Danny will encourage you to know that God promises to hear every prayer that you utter. In addition, prayer gives you peace in the difficult circumstances you're facing. It gives you a greater eternal perspective about it. And greatest of all, you grow in relationship with Jesus through prayer. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Luke, chapter 18, as he continues his message, When Life is Unfair. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Corinthian church, they were Christian, but they were very immature. They were fighting over all kinds of things. They were taking one another to court and suing one another. And Paul tries to get them, get them out of that, you know. And one of the things he says in chapter 3, don't you realize that all things are yours? Let me link that up with Romans eight seventeen. Listen to what he says. Now, if we're children of God, then we're heirs. Heirs of God. Heirs of God. And co-heirs with Christ. You say, I'm not rich. If you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you're richer than you ever imagined. Because everything God has, you have. Join heirs with Christ. We're going to inherit everything. How cool is that, man? So the point is, God is not like the unjust judge. Point number two and lesson number two. The widow in the text, grant me justice against my adversary. We have an adversary. Peter tells us. Our adversary. He tells us. 1 Peter chapter 5. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Garden of Eden, Lucifer tempting man. What was the temptation? To doubt the goodness of God. That tree, you're not to eat of that tree? Did God really say? 
Don't eat of that tree? Well, he's holding out on you. To doubt the goodness and the character of God. We have an enemy. We have an adversary. When you think about this, uh, we have to realize we are in a spiritual battle. And there is a spiritual battle going on in the heavenlies. Very real. Let's go, though, to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. If you know anything about the Bible, when I say the name Daniel, what most people think about is Daniel and the lion's den. God spared Daniel from the lion's den, but Daniel didn't know he'd be spared. He thought he was going to die. If you know anything about the book of Daniel, God reveals to Daniel the future. God shows him the kingdoms of the world and that one king will be toppled after a period of time. Another king comes to power. Another people come to power. But in the end, there's going to be an everlasting kingdom. And Daniel is going to be a part of that kingdom. Chapter 7, look at verse 13. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. That's Jesus. Coming with the clouds of heaven. That's the second coming. He approached the Ancient of Days, that's the Father, and was led into His presence. He was given authority, glory, sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is in the context of all that God is showing Daniel about the future. He knows the future. His challenge is the present. Go back to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 is the record of Daniel and the lion's den. Now, God did spare him, but Daniel didn't know that was going to happen. You know what it was that put him in the lion's den? An act of injustice. Daniel was so a man of integrity. He had been given a position in the Babylonian government, later the Persian government. And God had so blessed him, even though he's in captivity away from his homeland, Israel. The people that worked with Daniel, they didn't like him. They didn't like him because he was Jewish, so it was a racial thing. They didn't like him because he didn't serve the pantheon of gods of the peoples of Babylon or Persia. He served the God of Israel. And so they plotted together against Daniel, and they said, we can't find anything in his work. He's a man of integrity. He's doing a great job. And so it'll have to be something to do with his God. They plotted. It worked. It got Daniel sent to a den of lions. Now, God is showing him prophetic things But he needs encouragement in the present. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Fascinating. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published that would send him to the lion's den, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and what? He prayed. Not only did he pray, but knowing he's going into a den of lions, look at what it says, giving thanks to his God. 
just as he had done before. Have you ever stopped and thought, Daniel knows he's going into the den of lions. What's he thanking God for? In the context of all that's being revealed to Daniel, you have to surmise he's saying to God, I thank you because I'm ready to die. There's no fear in death for me because I know where I'm headed. I thank you that you've shown me the future, that one day the Son of Man, Jesus, will come, set up His kingdom, and Daniel will be part of a kingdom that will never, ever, ever end. And his encouragement in prayer in the present is because he's looking ahead to the future. Number one, God is not like the unjust judge. Number two, we have an adversary and there's a real spiritual battle going on. In Daniel chapter 10, and I'll just summarize it, Daniel is still dealing with some difficult things in life. He's praying and he's fasting. And for three weeks, he's fasting and praying and nothing seems to be happening. And then an angel shows up. He sees this angel, and the angel says to him, Since the first day you set your heart to seek God in prayer, I was sent to you. Get this. The angel says, 21 days ago, I was dispatched from heaven in response to your prayer. But the prince of the Persian kingdom withstood me. And a spiritual battle in the heavenlies, this fallen angel serving Lucifer that was a powerful angel, the prince of Persia, this fallen angel, is detaining and battling with the angel that's sent to give Daniel an answer to his prayer. And he says that Michael, a more high-ranking and more powerful angel serving God, comes into the battle gets the messenger through, and now the messenger has come and said, from the first day you began praying, God heard you. But there's a battle going on. In the heavenlies, we have an adversary. There's a spiritual battle. With that in mind, we need to keep praying. Third and valuable lesson in the parable. Keep on praying even when it appears God doesn't care or He's not hearing our prayers. If you are a child of God, unless there's some reason, sin in your life, something you need to get right with God, if you're a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ, every time you open your mouth in prayer, God hears. Purpose in prayer goes beyond just getting an answer from God. And we need to know this. Through prayer we find peace in the most difficult of circumstances. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Don't be anxious about anything, anything, but in everything by prayer and petition present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense to anybody else and it won't make sense to you, but you'll have it. You'll find it. It'll guard your hearts and your minds. You won't lose your head and you won't get emotionally bent out of shape It'll guard your hearts and your minds. It's the way to find peace in the most difficult and trying circumstances in life. Second, icing on the prayer cake. It'll renew your perspective. 
Psalm 73, one of the great worship leaders of the Bible, his name was Asaph. And he said, surely is God good. God's good to Israel. But as for me, I'd almost lost my footing. He's talking about his faith footing. He looked around at people who weren't serving God. He looked around at the non-Christian world. And he said, everything seems to be going fine for them. How come I'm going through what I'm going through? And it says he was offended. And it was oppressive to him until he entered the sanctuary of God. You could say until he entered into the prayer closet. And then he got a fresh perspective. And he ends the psalm after beginning with this attitude of, I can't believe my commitment is getting me nowhere. And I got all these struggles and other people that are not serving God, not a Christian, and they don't have the struggles I'm dealing with. And then he prays and he gets a fresh perspective of the future And he realizes no matter how good it is for people that don't serve God, theirs is going to come to an end and they're going to have an eternity of suffering and loss. And my suffering is only going to last a little blip and I'm going to have an eternity of glory. He got his perspective in focus. And then the third thing, the third icing on the prayer cake is that through prayer, You'll deepen your relationship with Christ. Philippians chapter 3, Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection, but also the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. Some of my times of feeling closest to Jesus Christ is when I've been going through the most difficult of circumstances in life. Peace. Perspective. And your personal relationship with Christ will be deepened. And then there's number four. If I understand the text correctly, number four, the justice that comes quickly refers to the time when Jesus returns. That doesn't mean that there aren't times where God will bring about the justice that we are looking for in this life. But if He doesn't, if He doesn't, don't lose hope. That's the point of the parable. When the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth? The kind of faith that keeps seeking God. The kind of faith that keeps serving God. The kind of faith that keeps believing in the character of God. When humanly speaking, and logically speaking, in terms of a human logic, doesn't make sense. Don't give up. Don't lose hope because justice is coming. I love Revelation 5 and Revelation 8. In the end, you find the picture there of the prayers. Here's what it says, the prayers of all the saints. The prayers of all the saints. It's going back through all of history and the prayers of God's people. And they're poured out before God. And the implication is that ultimately, all the prayers will be answered ultimately when Jesus comes. What a great day it's going to be. And it's coming soon. Number five, delayed justice always has a divine purpose. You can't always see it. Job couldn't see it. What was going on in heaven? Have you considered my servant Job? If God was suggesting and I was Job, I would have said, no, don't suggest me. Go after somebody else. 
And it was God that said to Satan, said to Satan, where have you been? I've been roaming through the earth. He's looking for someone to devour. Who's he looking to devour? Those with faith. He wants to get them to lose their faith in God. Have you considered my servant Job? Well, yeah, but you've got a hedge of protection around him. I can't touch him. And God allows the hedge to be breached, and Satan is allowed to get at Job. And you talk about suffering, that, that, that if you're Job, you're going, what in the world did I do to deserve this? Nothing. Why in the world is this happening? No idea. But in heaven, there's this thing going on between Lucifer and God. And God is going to prove to Lucifer and all the hosts of heaven that Job is not serving God just because he's got a nice house, just because he's got a good family, just because he's got a wife and kids. He's not serving him just because of all the blessings. And Satan says, yeah, yeah, you let me at him and he'll curse you to your face. You let me at him, bring some, some difficulty in his life. And he'll lose faith in you. And God says, okay, you can't take his life, but you can. And he went at him, and you talk about suffering. And Job has no idea what's going on in heaven, that there is a divine purpose that he cannot see and understand. There's always a divine purpose. Listen, think about this one just another minute, and we'll bring it to a close. Look, look. No matter how much anybody prayed, Jesus was going to the cross. You would not pray the cross out of existence. It had to happen. And the disciples, the cross, oh, they lost all hope. They locked the doors. They said, we thought he was the one. He must not be the one and everything. We left everything. Three years we've been following this guy, and now they crucified him. But the wisdom of the cross. The Bible tells us that if hell had known what it was doing by instigating people like Judas to betray Jesus and put him on the cross, if they had known what it was really all about, they would have never done it. There was a hidden wisdom there. There was a divine, heavenly wisdom that only God, that only God knew. And hopefully we understand a little better. But look, when the cross is happening to you, that's when it's a challenge. Romans 8.36 is taken from Psalm 44. Paul the Apostle says, For your sake we face death all day long. There's a divine purpose. Divine purpose. In the injustice that you're going through, and you may not see it, and you may not understand it, until Jesus comes. And our last point is this. From this parable... I think it's clear, and we have to know our prayers are making a difference. And we may not realize they're making a difference, but it'll make a difference. And sometimes the difference that our prayers are making will not be revealed until Jesus comes. story is when Jesus died on the cross, there were two thieves that were crucified on his right and on his left. And they both initially began to mock and insult him. But over time, as they hung on that cross, one of them obviously yielding to the conviction of the Holy Spirit about who Jesus is, and having a change of heart, turns to Jesus and says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And I'll never get tired of, of hearing the record of what Jesus turned back to that thief and said, today 
today. You'll be with me in paradise. Unless somebody at the foot of that cross was instructed to record that in the gospel account, we would not know that that thief, in the last moments of his life, was saved. It makes me wonder, was somebody praying for him? Had somebody been praying for him? Maybe he had a godly mother. Maybe he had somebody in his life that came to know Jesus and became a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe it was a grandmother or a grandfather. And I know it's speculation, but I'll tell you, Scripture supports the idea that somebody was praying for this guy. And it could be, it could be that whoever it was that prayed for him because he became a criminal. When did that start? Was it in high school that he started to go left, hanging out with the wrong crowd, going the wrong direction, and mom is pouring out her heart to God, or grandma, or father, or grandfather, somebody's praying for this guy. And who knows how long they prayed for him. And maybe never knew in this life the answer to their prayers. And then one day as they're in glory, Jesus or one of the angels come by and say, we got somebody that just arrived. We think you'd like to say hi to them. And all of a sudden they go over. And they can't believe it. They're like, I prayed for you. I prayed for you so many years. But I just really didn't expect to see you here. I didn't think my prayers were making a difference. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Don't give up. If you don't have a prayer life and you're not developing a prayer life, you need to start. You need to pray for your kids every day. Pray for your mom. Pray for your dad. Pray for your children. Pray for your relatives. Pray for your neighbors. Prayer makes a difference. And sometimes the difference is only going to be seen. When Jesus comes. Or when we go to see Jesus. I have one last statement. And God gave me this in my mind as I was studying Scripture a couple of years ago. And I think about it often. And it goes like this. And I want you to say it with me. This last statement. Say it with me. Here we go. Ready? Heaven will make right all the wrongs and disappointments in this life. Say it one more time. Heaven will make right all the wrongs and disappointments in this life. Life's not always fair. Especially for the Christian. Don't let the difficulties of life, don't let the things we don't understand rob you of your faith. Rob you of the privilege of seeking God in prayer daily, repeatedly. Because it will not only bring you peace in the most difficult circumstances, It'll renew your perspective regarding the future. It'll deepen your relationship and your fellowship with Jesus Christ. And as mysterious as it is, lives will be changed through our prayer.
We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our valued listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit ccfstpete.church. You can also join in our Bible reading plan. More information can be found on our website. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment and offer you an opportunity to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? During this time of uncertainty in our nation, prayer is a powerful tool to combat fear and to promote peace in Jesus. Please pray that each person that hears these messages from the life of Jesus are touched and changed by His love. Please pray also for us. We want to continue following God's plan for this program, no matter where He asks us to go. Would you also ask the Lord about contributing financially to The Living Word? If you feel led to give, visit our website at ccfstpete.church and then click on the online giving guide under Forms. Any and all amounts are greatly appreciated and will be used to share this good news of Jesus' love for the world. Thank you for praying about this. That website, one more time, is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for being a part of our time here on The Living Word.